Welcome. We would like to welcome you to the Burke Church. The Burke Church stands together for revolution of our church. When we pray that God resurrect, change, and evolve your mind to a higher place to seek your purpose. We accept all of those open to worship and pray with us and serve God. We are a Bible-based community circle. When we know that the Bible is often the basis, we encourage each of you to create a relationship with God. Therefore, experience God on a personal, unique level in your life. You are welcome to our family. Ashe, whether it is so. Ashe. Go ahead, Joel. History of Rock. The Rock Church was founded in 2019 with the principal and scriptural workers of Jesus Peter's disciple Peter. His name also translated to mean Rock. Jesus entered into the sincere Philippi that was teaching about the identity of God and the tribe of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But specifically on his part, his son, Jesus deemed that one second large other had been given a holy revelation of who Jesus was. And that is the Son of the Living God. We as children of God use this as a basis to build relationship and religion for our practices of faith over our lifetimes. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he declares boldly that upon this rock, being the word of God in him, will I build my church with the gates of hell shall not prevail. In Matthew 19, he goes on to declare, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever that shall bind on earth shall be bound to heaven. And whatsoever that shall lose on earth shall be lost in heaven. This gives us the power to go out and operate strength and confidence. And God is both our shield and sword. Asher. 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 All right. Great job. Great job. All right, Joshua. John three sixteen. Three sixteen. Oh, that's it. Yes, that's it. Three sixteen. The word that he gave his word and also the word new introduction. Um hey y'all, we can hear y'all. I apologize, Joshua. We gotta get this together, y'all. Because I can't every Sunday be telling y'all we can hear y'all, and you should know that. Go ahead, Joshua. Oh, that was it? <laughs> All right, we got to get you some tea. Because your voice is gone. All right, go ahead, Harry. Okay. Um, um, excuse my voice. <laughs> I really apologize for that. Yeah, you already said excuse your voice. Come on. <laughs> this is Alex's. 326 through 29, and this is the New International Version. Okay, so verse 26, and Jesus and Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. 27. For all of you who were baptized, is that the wrong verse again? No, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there no or few. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's feet and heirs according to the promise. Stop apologizing. I say. All right. That was awesome. Awesome. Great job, everybody. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Wow, my message is so much stuff going on, Jesus. All right. 
Once again, you are welcome. You are welcome. You are welcome. I don't care what's going on. Definitely, we're about to get this going in Jesus' name. I don't know if I have any country folk under the side of my voice or any of the scientific community present today, but I'd like to relay this message about the appointment or rendezvous between a certain Samaritan woman and Jesus, a Jew. I've talked previously about the political and cultural taboos and lines crossed, but there is a socioeconomic aspect that I let rest. But I want you to ponder on that. There is also a general dissonance, if you will, about the chronological order in which this story appears. But this creates even more interest for me about why this event transpired. Again, after reading this story, I'm overwhelmed with inquiry about the cultural significance for Noonday. And I try not to overthink the simplistic nature of the occurrence, but I can't help to think that the surface translation of the story won't do. Jesus had left Judea and went to Galilee, although this is mentioned as if it was not a far journey, but this might have taken six days or two weeks uh, to complete this exercise, depending on the pace and circumstance surrounding travel. The journey which entailed a crossover Samaria was likely. All this just to get away from the judgmental sect of Pharisees who now sought to kill Jesus. I find it ironic that instead of hiding, Jesus goes about his way to minister to a woman caught in the realms of adulterous affairs. And one whom Jesus calls out and says, still in the midst of that sin. John chapter 4 verse 18. But God, being God, arrives at an opportune moment to ask questions that God already knows the answers to. But for literary purposes and the sake of highlighting areas of emphasis, Jesus asked the questions anyway. At the primary or first level of understanding, Jesus may be talking about water, a necessity of life on earth. In fact, so much as so, 71% of the earth is covered in water. And about 59 to 75% of the human body is made up of water. However, in my heart of hearts, I believe that here Jesus is talking about offering a solution, a cleaning solution, if you will, of some things out of that deeply soiled our lives, that dampened our hopes, that have caused division and the propulsion of hate that seep through to the consciousness of our soul. Let us pray. God, maker of heaven and earth, we bow these ashes in time to you, resubmitting those gifts that you've given us for this brief period of time that we call life. We give you glory, honor, and praise for waking us up this morning, giving us life, and putting a brand new purpose, promise, and plan in our lives. We thank you for traveling mercies and grace. But most of all, 
God, we thank you for a message in the midst of our midst. We declare that everything that you have for us, that we will receive and more. God, enlarge our territories and give us the wisdom and prudence to maintain and excel. God, cover our children from the tops of their head to the sole of their feet. Let no hurt, harm, or danger come to them. We cancel every weapon that has been formed against them and we declare that none of them shall prosper. We stand on the very promises that you've given our forefathers and mothers before we were born about our lives. Give us the patience to understand that everything that you're doing is for our good and so that you will get the ultimate glory, honor, and praise. We declare that sickness, disease, and all manner of ailment healed right now under the authority of Christ that you've given us as children of God. We pray for a fresh anointing. And that is scripture be daily bread and nourishment for our souls. In God's name we pray our shame, our shame, and our shame. Well, there it is, son. Our scripture today comes again from John 4, verses 6 through 14. That's John chapter 4. Verses 6 through 14. Last time, that's John chapter 4, verses 6 through 14. When you have it, say I share. And all those that are able to stand, please stand in the reverence and, the re and for the reading of the word of God. I see. Thank you. And the scripture reads thus, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you, for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it itself? Also did his sons and livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Verse 14 wraps it up like this. But whosoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring water welling up to eternal life. 
Word of God for the people of God. Everybody say praise be to God. For this particular lesson or discussion about the organizational classification of the molecule known as dihydrogen oxygen, I want to label this laboratorious entry water the well of life. Water the well of life. Once again, water the well of life. If you've had the pleasure or privilege to grow up on a farm or have experience some with farming, then you know the importance of wells and water and how to dig with. Especially in these desert or arid regions of places mentioned in the Bible. This well of water was an important social place. It was a center of communal activities. And this particular well was dug or dedicated by Israel or Jacob, whose covenant promised by God was that his seed be innumerable as the sand by the seashore or the stars in the sky at night. The descendant of the promise found herself in a compromising position and at a point at which she needed water, the well of life. Jesus' appearance at this well serves as notice to those that this water or gift of eternal life would create a spring and eventually lead to a life that would never thirst for sin again. Y'all know in the shop, Jesus casually talks to this Samaritan woman, a woman even, this Samaritan who in the days would have been thought of as a piece of property about a futuristic concept of eternal life and inheriting something too deep to dig for or too complex for the common people to understand. But yet the connection or mouth of God which flows into the rivers of our souls mechanically breaks down any barriers to access by erosion of caste systems and protocols which may block this flow. Ah, I wish I had someone to understand that on the surface, God was talking about providing the needs of a woman who found herself in a precarious or nefarious position. One who was soaked in sin so much that she found herself in the heat of the day seeking water which most of it might have been evaporated or spent on a journey in the hot sun to the well. But the S-O-N in a style and manner of which only Jesus can have asked her about her willingness to share a precious resource with the master. If you haven't ever needed God to wash or cool your soul, then this message might pass you down 
about it. But I'm talking to the folk that have been on dusty and dry roads. Those where nothing but dirt and desolation abide. Um, I want to reach out to my brothers and sisters who are parched and desperate for a drop of a word from the mouth of a God that can revitalize nations and economics. Uh, a word of truth that can bring back life to a patient hanging on from the dehydrations and hallucinations, the deliriousness of devastations caused by a life with little or no knowledge of God. The importance of a connection or relationship with God cannot be understated, especially, especially, especially in a time like the one that we live in, where everyone has the internet, but few people are connected to a source where they can readily identify good knowledge or water or have how they've been drinking or consuming polluted water from false factories producing mass fear and doubt in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, the water, a well of life, which Jesus presents here, is the establishment of a church who has come to regain control of areas flooded by poverty and ignorance, those riddled by crime, violence, and hopelessness. Jesus is calling out the church to go to the ghettos like Galilee and the Ninth Ward of New Orleans, or Bankhead, excuse me, Donnelly Howell, to the south side of Chicago or Detroit, of Nigeria, of Ghana, South Africa, Ethiopia, the Congo, and to other places, and preach the word of God, and bring the water of salvation to a people who are barely hanging on to life. No, I'm not talking about the white or European version of the gospel, which missionaries preach right now, only to get poor folks off their land and cheat them out of their riches that they are entitled to. No, not the white so-called gospel that causes Sunday morning to be the most divided or segregated time in America. No, not the so-called prosperity preaching that has occurred over time, which has left most of our brothers and sisters incarcerated in a broken system of injustice in which we are murdered on camera in live 4K HD settings. I'm not even talking about the watered-down gospel being preached on the corners of poor neighborhoods and where uh, across the street sits the liquor store and whorehouses. I want to be crystal clear. In fact, that here, that this message is meant to flow from the highest mountains to the lowest valleys as a call to action for each person 
man or woman, youth and those who can understand to check the souls, to take measure of the water, a word in their lives. Are you seeking overflowing or barely surviving? You see, I want to bet a wager that most of us are like this woman and we need this gift of God. We have dodged everyone else and thought that no one would be at the well when we come after all night being in the club or laying up with another man or woman or sinning, whatever our sin may be. Some of us may not even know that we are sinning. But let me state that anytime we find ourselves distant to God, because that's what sin does, it separates us from the love of God and the abundance of life that God gives. We sin anytime we put objects or people, things in front of God. We sin. Anytime we only seek God when things are wrong and don't have a relationship with God, we sin. And let me be clear that just being in the four walls of the church doesn't mean that you have immunity from sin. In fact, it is the church folks, preachers' children, including myself, that are the worst sinners, but because we sit in day in and day out with the word of God being preached over us and we are not moved be it because of disbelief or the fact that we have heard this all of our lives and have seen people do just the opposite every day or live in hypocrisy especially those in high places such as bishops and pastors in other words instead of being a well we have become a mirage or a false center of hope only to deceive, disillusion folks, those desperate enough to take our dry words as healing. I know that some people may still be confused, but if your church is not preaching liberation, then where you at? I tell you where you're at. You're in a place of danger. You're in a danger zone. And you need to get out of there post haste. Church, we need to soak in or take up all that Jesus does here in this fourth chapter of John. Jesus not only makes it a habit of meeting with those so-called untouchable folks. But then Jesus goes back and schools the church folks, which are the disciples, and meets with the so-called enemies, which are the Samaritans, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, filling in how you will, and then begins to do the work of God. John 4.34, 
KJV says, my meat, my substance, the reason why I am here is to do the will of God for us. The will of God that sent me and to finish God's work. What is God's work? Glad that you asked. This is the mission of God for us. Spoken as clear as possible. To finish God's work. Jesus started a ministry that ended abruptly at the age of 33. And people have been working to continue that ministry ever since. To love your neighbor as yourself. To not have any gods before God. And to spread the word of God's return. That's all I have. And as this hurricane begins to hit landfall. And some lives may be changed or impacted forever. Hurricanes of spiritual devastation has already hit our personal lives. And I, I don't want you to go anywhere else without knowing the gospel. And that is that forgiveness is available. Healing is available. Abundant life is available. And you have access to this relationship with Jesus. How does one build a relationship with Jesus or God? The answer is simple. We build it the way we build any other relationship. We have to communicate, read, and pray and seek to understand God's purpose for us on earth to do God's mission. As mentioned earlier, the Bible is just the basis, but it's levels to this. And all of us fall short daily, but consistently seeking the face of God and not the hand of God is how we get there. Whatever someone did to you or said to you before this doesn't matter. The prognosis or prescription that they have for you now that they said before is invalid because Jesus the healer has stepped in and declared that you are God's child and therefore entitled to the benefits that God is desiring for your life. If you're out there lost or wondering what this relationship or revolution is, I want to pray with you. Even if you've experienced church hurt or being blackballed, I want to pray with you. Or even if you say, Joel, I've been in church all of my life or I don't believe in God. Or whatever your situation may be, I want to pray with you. And if you're led to do so, repeat this prayer after me. Say, God, I want you, ask you to come into my heart right now. God, change me, mold transform Most of all, I'm asking for forgiveness and a new life. God, help me to stay rooted and grounded in your work and those things that you have for me. God, I believe that Jesus bled died and rose for my sins. I believe that you have now given me the power to live 
more abundantly. I pray that you develop me and help me to unite with those bound by the same purpose. Help me to overcome temptation and be liberated by truth. In God's name I pray, I share it. With that prayer and faith, you have been redeemed and made whole in God's eyes. Rejoice. <laughs> Let's end this with corporate prayer. Everybody under the sound of my voice, I want you to touch and agree with someone. Or even just raise your hands if you're by yourself. Please close your eyes and bow your heads to show reverence and focus to God. God, we don't declare to have all the answers. And there are so many out there hurting and still being murdered, but we can stand on the fact that your word has not come back void in 2021 years. So it won't start now. We pray for the families dealing with the murders of loved ones by the hands of vaccines, police, or the government. We thank you for the comfort of the Holy Ghost. And the love of our brothers and sisters on social networks and offline. We look forward to the dawn of a new day and a new life. You've provided us through faith. We declare peace in our homes, our minds, our spirits, and in our country. God, we no longer fear death. For in accepting you as our Savior, we have shared the unknown fear of death and rose with all power. We have gathered in this place to commit to change through realignment, recommitment, and reassertion of ourselves back into the lives of our family members and communities. We lose financial knowledge, wealth, and responsibility to reinvest. We buy ignorance, racism, death, and violence from police or our own brothers and sisters. We release healing of hurt families, lost fathers and mothers, and this COVID-19 virus. We bind this pandemic and the chaos cause. Through you, God, our source of strength and our redeemer. In God's name we pray, I shame, I and it is so. I shame one more time. Connect with us and join us for more inspiration. If you need prayer, join us. We work with counselors and other resources to help you to get through. I love you and I speak health, life, and greatness in your future. Have a phenomenal day, family, and a great week. Lego.